So today's question comes from Yi, and Yi's asking about what's the difference in godly sorrow versus worldly sorrow, and do I need godly sorrow in order to be saved? So I think this is a great question. Yi, I thank you for bringing that to the table. So what we have here is in many Christian circles, there is a teaching that warns Christians that you better be careful uh, not to be guilty of worldly sorrow, right? The idea is that if you're truly sorry, you're truly sorry, that's godly sorrow, and you won't commit the sin again. But if you do commit the sin again, well, you're guilty of worldly sorrow. And that type of sorrow, well, it's going to lead to death. In other words, let's call it like it is. They're saying it's going to lead to you losing your salvation. First of all, I am not a proponent. I am not an advocate of this lie that you can lose your salvation. And I don't care how many times they say, oh, you're the once saved, always saved guy. Absolutely, I am. Because my my trust and my hope is not in me. My trust and my hope is in Jesus. It's not of myself, right? So I don't really get uh, into too much of, of a debate with those people because it is it is just like fighting a dog. Like these people, I don't even know that they know Christians, but they are so uh, angry with their attitude. And, and again, at the end of the day, I don't believe they're trusting in Jesus when they're teaching you can lose your salvation based on your performance. So what? Today I want to address what's the difference between godly sorrow and worldly sorrow? And this teaching comes from uh, 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 7, verses 7 through 13. So I want to read these verses first so we can give it a little context. So I'm, I'm not just throwing out my opinion, but I want to make sure we're looking at the verses that is being used to threaten Christians, right? It's being weaponized against you. You better watch out because you're going to be in big trouble if it's worldly sorrow. Did you really, really mean it? Did you really turn from it? So let's talk about this. Take a pause for a minute. I always say this in so many of my videos. I am never going to advocate for sin. We are not made for sin. Let's turn from it. Let's run from it. We're made for good works. I have never, nor will I ever condone uh, bad choices, sin choices, right? We are not made for that. We're made for much better things than that. So again, if you put anything in the comments about, uh, you know, like I think God doesn't care about sin, that's on you. I do not feel that way. And I certainly do not believe that. All right. So let's just start uh, here in chapter seven, verse seven. He starts, he says this, he says, also by the comfort, which he has comforted among you, and he reported to us your longing, your mourning, your zeal for me, uh, so that I rejoiced even more. For though I caused you sorrow in my letter, I do not regret it. Though I did regret it, for I see that my letter caused you sorrow. Though only for a while, I now rejoice now that you were made sorrowful, but that uh, not that you were made sorrowful, but that you were made sorrowful to the point of repentance, right? Repentance, for you were made sorrowful according to the will of God, so that you might not suffer loss in anything through us. For the sorrow here, now here's like verse 10, I think is where the context comes into play. For the sorrow that is according to the will of God produces a repentance without regret, what does it do? What does this kind of sorrow do? 
leading to salvation, right? Now, let's be careful, because if this is about losing salvation, I have this sorrow, it leads to salvation, and then one minute I'm saved, the next minute I'm not saved because I don't have a godly sorrow. So I'm sort of in and out of salvation based on, uh, am I sorry for what I did? So it's leading to salvation. This is the context here. But the sorrow of the world produces death. For behold, more earnestness, this very thing, this godly sorrow has produced in you. What vindication of yourselves, what indignation, what fear, what longing, what zeal, what punishment uh, of, of the wrong. In everything you demonstrated yourselves to be innocent in this matter. So, although I wrote to you, I was not. it was not for the sake of the offender, nor for the sake of the one offended, but that your earnestness in our behalf might be made known uh, to you in the sight of God. Because of this, we have been comforted. So I want to start again, circling back and pointing out verse 10, which teaches us that this repentance, it's related to our salvation, which we know from reading scripture, we are not saved by how awesome we are or by how well we can avoid sin. We are not saved by feeling so guilty that we never commit another sin, right? We're not saved by how well we keep the Mosaic law. Yes. Um, should we repent from sin? I think that made uh, uh, outward sin. Yes, I think I made that pretty darn clear. But the type of sin that leads to death is an internal sin. It's the sin of unbelief. And Paul continues in his letter, right? He talks about the sorrow of the world that produces death. So this is not people who are Christians one moment, and then they're not really sorry about one of their bad choices they're making, and suddenly they're losing their salvation. These are people who are rejecting Jesus. They are unbelievers. So what do we see here? We see two groups of people. Uh, we see one group of people that's being saved by a certain kind of sorrow, and another group who will die because of their type of sorrow. As human beings, I'll say this, we all have a type of worldly sorrow. We all. Yeah, that means you, the legalist out there, who's probably not going to be as friendly uh, in the comment section. That's okay. But we all have a worldly type of sorrow where we just, you know, we feel bad for the stupid things we did. And it's usually because, I don't know, we got caught doing it or we're really embarrassed by something that we did. Or we just know, like, I don't know, you went out Thursday night and you drank too much alcohol. Or you're some guy struggling with porn. You know, I get a lot of messages regularly from people who are men, particularly who are struggling with pornography. Um, they have a, um, I would say it's a worldly sorrow. They, they feel guilty. They feel ashamed for what they do. But the context here is referring to a sorrow of our, our prior identity when we were rejecting Jesus. Now, it's a godly sorrow, right? And it leads us to believing in Jesus Christ through faith. And that godly sorrow, what does it do? It produces in each of us a repentance, referring to repenting from unbelief, which leads again to salvation. And this godly sorrow, it's never going to change because it's talking about an inward sorrow. It's talking about faith. You're never going to stop believing in Jesus, but, but every one of us, We've got a worldly sorrow in terms of our outward behavior, right? And again, I want to repeat, you're not saved by your outward performance. 
period. End of story. You're not saved by what you're doing or what you're not doing. You are saved by your inward performance. You are saved by believing in and trusting in Jesus. Apart from works of the law, apart from your behavior, lest anyone boast, salvation is a gift from God. It's not of ourselves. Unfortunately, though, we do find there is a teaching out there that basically says, if you're a repeat offender, you've got worldly sorrow, and that's going to cause you to lose your salvation. So, for example, if you're someone who, as I described before, you're struggling with alcohol or pornography or whatever, that means you're guilty of worldly sorrow, right? And thereby, you don't really care, so you're going to lose your salvation. And while it indeed, I think this will be the third time I've said, yes, you should repent. You should turn away from those outward sins uh, in the flesh. Listen, we all stumble in many ways. Some, some addictions are just really difficult for people to break. But I'd say this, every Christian on the planet has some type of worldly sorrow. And by that standard, we would all be found guilty of it. So again, I want to point out that this type of sorrow, it's about rejecting Jesus. There was a moment in time where we became very sorry for our unbelief, um, It's it, for our unbelief. And then we received the good news about Christ's life, about his death, about his resurrection, about our forgiveness. And we believed in our heart that he is the son of God. And we asked him to rescue us from that sin. In that godly sorrow, as we repent from and turn from unbelief, that's what leads to salvation. So I want to leave you with this verse. I think it's the perfect ending. It's Galatians chapter 2, verse 21. He says, I do not nullify the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, that's your performance. Don't sin, don't lie, don't cheat, don't commit adultery. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Jesus died needlessly. Folks, if you like this, please like, share, and comment below. I hope that helped you. God bless y'all.